Hi guys, and welcome to episode two of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. I am not going to be your host for this one. I'm making the introductions at first. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. I've not actually been interviewed yet. So Ben, who you remember from episode zero, has agreed to jump in and basically put me under the cosh as well for this one. Um, so there are three of us again that are being interviewed for this one. Um, this is the final one where it would be the AV Geeks Assemble participants and group members. We do have others, um, but this is the last one for introductions on the podcast. Uh, the other guys are more behind the scenes and helping out. Um, so, yeah, so that's the introduction. I'm going to hand you over to Ben now. Um, so, Ben, take it away, mate. Uh, thank you very much, Andrew. So, uh, yes, warm welcome to everyone listening to the podcast. Um, so this evening we have uh, Mike with us. Yo. Uh, we've obviously got Andrew, who you just heard from. Hello. And uh, Liam. Hello. So yes, as mentioned last time, we are a small group of amateur aviation photographers who want to fill a gap in the UK aviation podcast market and discuss aviation events, air shows and deployments and how we plan to capture these moments. We also want to thank everyone who listened to our previous episodes and the feedback has been outstanding, absolutely positive. Uh, so again, thank you all. We also want to emphasize that this podcast contains our own opinions and it is just that. If we say anything that you may disagree on, that's totally fine. Your opinion, our opinions, all good. So please join us on this flight. We're not quite sure on the final destination, but we will see where it goes. Have fun, and hopefully you will too. So we're going to start off with Andrew, who has obviously been our host for the last few few shows. So Andrew, um, just a little bit of feedback about yourself, what got you into aviation photography and aviation in general? So essentially, the interest in aviation did start from a very early age. Um, I think it's one of those that a lot of people will be able to relate to where, um, for me personally, it was my dad that got me into it. I'm sure other people have got other family members that have got them into it. Um, but my dad always wanted to be a pilot. Didn't manage to accomplish that. Um, but obviously the bug remained with him. Um, early doors, I got into it. Um, we went to air shows together. Every time a family member needed dropping off to an airport, I'd go along for the ride just to see anything flying. Uh, air shows, earliest one I remember is South End on Sea. First time I ever saw the typhoon. After that, it was things like Farnborough. Um, and the most recent ones have been the likes of Fairford and Yeovilton, um, a local one to me, Torbay Air Show as well. Um, so that's how it started. It started with my dad for aviation. Uh, photography side of things um, was more, it, it was not an accident, but I sort of fell into it. So at one of these air shows with my dad, he had a camera with him. I just had my phone. Um, he handed me this camera and I thought, I'll, I'll give it a go, see what I can do. That was that. The rest is history. I just kept pointing and clicking. I got home, checked these pictures. Obviously at the time, I was gobsmacked with some of the pictures that a camera could get because I'd only been used to like a two megapixel phone 
that was it. It was a, it was a case of after that, it was a case of, right, I need my own camera. I need to look into it. I need to have a look at this. Every time we went to an air show, I had the camera, which he preferred. He's very old school in the fact that he'd rather stand and watch and appreciate. He'll get the occasional video. He does like doing that. But as for standing there clicking away, that's more my sort of thing now, um, which is quite nice because every time I've caught anything um, out just driving around or just at air shows, I'll send him a load of edited pictures and he's more than happy for that. Um, so that's how I got into that. I did do a lot of, and still do, landscape photography. Um, I'm trying to get a bit more in depth with my photography as well. Maybe trying to get, maybe not a career out of it, but possibly see if I can expand into something a little bit more. Because um, I think if you can earn money with something you enjoy, it's basically the dream. You know, I'm not in it for the money, but if you can make money out of a hobby, I think you're winning. As long as you don't start hating what you do, I think it's a pretty win-win situation. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I started, basically. And here I am now all these years later and still hoping to get more shots in the, the coming months, hopefully. Awesome, mate. Awesome. It's, it's, it's nice to see that your your dad brought you into it and you're still keeping that connection going. And, you know, as we've discussed in, in previous podcasts, that's what we like to see is the family side of things and friends and keeping that bond going. Which is, which is, yeah, it's nice to hear. So, um, that's it. Mike, up to, up to you next. Mike, same same question. You know, where, what got you into uh, aviation and into the side of the top? How's it going? Uh, aviation photography, well, uh, started off when I was probably 10 years old. Uh, got into it with a 1.3 megapixel camera on the side of my phone, you know, same as everyone does when they're quite young. Um, basically started taking videos of Apaches flying over and used to have them hover out the back of our, like a field behind us. So uh, yeah, that sort of, sort of got it up and then started playing PlayStation, loved aircraft and then started basically driving to Lake and Heath every now and again. But without a camera, I probably did five years of going to bases before I actually took a camera with me. <laughs> um, you know, just sort of, we used to just love it. Yeah, rock up, have a watch. Same with Watersham. Um, and every now and again, Milton Hall as well. Um, yeah, it was always sort of enjoyed uh, watching it rather than taking photos. Um, obviously, traveling across New Zealand and Australia got me into the photography side. So I started on wildlife photography and then picked up the aviation stuff because well there's there's not a lot of aviation sort of military sort of wise in uh, New Zealand anyway uh, but in Australia there's a few videos that I've posted to the F Geeks uh, yeah you know F-18 flying through Brisbane C-17 through Brisbane yeah cool stuff and obviously I got home and yeah straight to Lake and Eve. I think it was my first trip within a week of being away for two years I was at Lake and Eve. <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's basically just gone from there and just every time I can get you know a day off or something shoot up have a quick day obviously with the Covid restrictions that everyone's finding and no air shows it's uh, yeah. everyone's sort of running out of edits aren't they? <laughs> okay cool yeah so yeah of course going across to uh, Australia and New Zealand definitely a different um different way of life down that different way. Different breed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, New yeah, Zealand different. doesn't really have an Air Force. It's, it's all C-130s and rescuing helicopters sort of missions, isn't it, I think. Uh, and in Australia, I was a bit unlucky to see anything. Obviously, the occasional Chinook saw a, uh, what was it called? 
operation, a talisman saber exercise, talisman saber. So I saw a lot of American stuff during that. But apart from that, there was two years of not a lot of aviation photography. <laughs> it's always it's always good to come back and uh, always get back get back to the phone, especially in the UK. Uh, so thanks, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Liam, up next. So oh. again, same question. Um, what got you into aviation, and uh, what got you into the photography side of things? Um, so basically, um, originally, I'm from the Luton area, so living underneath the um, flight path Luton and Heathrow, no interest in civvies at all. So that was um, that wasn't really what got me into it. Um, we moved after a few years. Uh, I think I was five or six. Uh, we moved to Guernsey in the Channel Islands, and that's when my sort of um, uh, aviation sort of picked up. Um, the school I went to was right next to the runway, so you'd always see stuff coming in and out of the uh, island's airport. Um, once a year, they have two sort of different um, celebration days. So the first one in May is called Liberation Day. So it's when um, the island um, sort of ended their occupation by the Nazi Germans um, back in World War II, um, along with Jersey. So every year they celebrate this um, with a small sort of air show, um, fly pass, etc. Um, so obviously the RAF would send the Battle of Britain and Red Arrows. So you'd see them every year. Um, later on in the year, you would have um, a BBMF air display show. So again, usual suspects, BBMF, uh, red arrows, and a load of other sort of stuff. Uh, the most memorable sort of um, visitor was for Harrier. And whenever it came, it always, um, there's a castle at the end of the pier, um, just outside the harbour in Guernsey and um, basically the Harrier would hover above the castle, but obviously over the sea, so it weren't in danger. Um, so then that sort of got my military interest in and that was it really. Um, and then, um, what was it? About 15 years ago now, we moved up to Lincolnshire and we luckily live two miles underneath the flight path to um, RF Connonsby. So obviously with whatever flies in and out of there goes over my house, whether it's departures or arrivals, um, didn't really get interested in it at first. It took a few years. Um, as a family, we would go to a base for um, our weekly fish and chip lunchtime, which I know Andrew hates. That's because I get jealous every time. That's what it is. <laughs> so basically, my, my interest sort of grew from there. Um, one of the trips that we were there, um, a chap next to us had his scanner on. So obviously, we had the windows open and we was listening into his scanner. Um, then we got talking to him um, and he sort of was just telling me about everything that goes on and Despite living two miles away, we didn't really realise how busy the base was and what visitors it had, etc. How often they flew, because when you live in the area, you get used to the noise. Um, again, 
Andrew's also jealous of that. <laughs> um, so then after after meeting him that day, um, he said uh, next week him and a few mates were meeting up. I was more more than welcome to join them. Um, so obviously at the time I was unemployed, so I needed something to get into, a new hobby. So I thought, yeah, why not? Let's go. So then a great friendship started there with him and a few other mates of his um, sort of got me into it. Um, then obviously with how everything works, I recommended a few spotting pages to join and whatnot. Um, start, started joining them, started getting interested in the photography side because a couple of them had cameras. Um, and then uh, two years ago now, um, I got my first camera for Christmas, um, which I'll talk about in a bit. Um, and then I sort of got into it a bit more. Um, and yeah, that's sort of it. Awesome. Well, it sounds you've definitely, uh, you've definitely travelled a bit, same as same as Mike. Really, you've been here, there, and everywhere, and experienced mm. all all different types of it. So you've kind of answered, almost answered your uh, the next question, but we'll. Hopefully, find something out like that. So, um, Andrew, back back to you. Um, about your favourite base visit or or meetup that you've had, or trip or air show or anything like that. Um, yeah. What's your favourite one, then, mate? See, obviously, this one's a little bit tough for me because um, I'll be honest, I've not yet been to a base. As such, I've obviously been to the likes of Fairford for an air show, um, Yeovilton, for instance, and things like that. Um, but I've not actually visited a base on just a normal flying day, which is a shame. Um, what I'm going to do, I, I did think of one that isn't an air show that sort of stood out, to be fair. But it's a bit of a weird one, but we'll use it anyway. Um, so my job before this one, I used to travel around the Southwest quite a bit. Um, I was basically, I'm an electrician by trade. Um, so I'd travel, I was doing, uh, electrical tests in pubs, shops, things like that. Um, and it was a summer's day. I was down in Cornwall in Newquay doing an electrical test on a pub. Um, as per usual, the group chat was going off between us, people keeping an eye on the scanners and radars. And someone put in the group that the C-17 was visiting Exeter. I was in Newquay, so I was fuming. <laughs> it literally, I watched it on the, on the radar and it flew over my house about four times. Obviously, I was an hour and a half away, so I was pretty fuming. He then started heading a bit further down to the southwest and that glimmer of hope came in. And I was just there thinking, if he comes down here, he can only be going to St. Morgan. The, the, if he is coming down here fully, then I'm under that flight path. So what I did, I uh, completed my job safely before anyone starts. <laughs> you know, don't worry, I do my electric safely. Um, I did that. And I said to the chap, I was like, look, I'm all done. But do you mind if I just stay outside for a little bit? Because I've got my camera on me. I had to explain to him pretty sharpish that it's because an aircraft was coming down. I wanted to catch said yeah absolutely fine mate fill your boots so i'm sat in my van waiting cameras at the ready um all of a sudden c17 comes flying straight over he was quite low because he had started his descent 
started taking pictures. It was a beautiful summer's day as well. So the lighting was superb. Um, kept getting pictures of him. I stayed there for a little while because he did a few sort of touch and goes around St. Morgan. Um, got to the point where I thought, okay, that's probably it. So I'll head off. Started heading off. And I remembered when I was driving down there that I actually passed the end of the runway. So I thought, right, I know there's somewhere to park there. I thought, just in case he's doing any more, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to walk, you know, sort of two minutes up the road, stand literally at the end of the runway. It's, it's pretty much runway, the you know, the landing lights, the gate, and then the road. And that's it. And I was there. So I thought, all right, we'll keep an eye on it. I stood there, kept an eye on the old radar. Lo and behold, he came in again. I saw him from the other side. So he was coming towards me, landed, got my camera at the ready, kept it pointed. I had to do a bit of manual focusing, actually, because it was the, the chain link fence was in the way. So I had to be a bit more steady and manually focused. But he started lifting, saw him, caught him, got a few pictures. He's gone straight overhead. I'm there obviously clicking away, but I've got a C-17 taking off above my head. And I just remember he, he just, that was his last touch and go. It just so happened to be that that was his last one. Off he went. I had to, before I even went back to the van, I had to check to see what pictures I got. And I was just looking and I remember saying, boys, <laughs> there's one especially in here that uh, just prepare yourselves because I'm so excited about this shot. And um, it's one of my favorite shots, to be fair. All it is, it's just the way he's taking off. You've got the landing lights in front. You've got, you know, it's quite a busy shot. But for some reason, I absolutely adore that shot. Um, so I think that's a standout for me because, like I say, I've not been able to meet up with you guys or anyone else at bases and outside of air shows. That's probably the closest I've got so far. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that, to be honest with you, mate. And um, hopefully it's going to be beaten this year, but we'll see what happens because we're still a bit uncertain with everything at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'd say that, mate. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, last year, especially for us in the, in the Yabkeeks community, was a pretty sorry year for no, no aviation, really no air show or minimal air shows. Yeah. Um, but having the especially the credit of going to the RAF for this, really, for doing their PDs or practice diverts at local air bases, at local right. airports, sorry, you know, was was a glimmer of hope for us, you know. I mean, me just like you, I had C-130s and C-17s and A-400s going into Bristol, so to actually be able to get something aviation-related is... Well, um, we, we know that in the group, I'm actually known as Captain F. <laughs> very very quick story behind that is essentially anytime anything RAF you know based is flying round I miss it or it misses me it will head for me and then it will go actually I'll go the other way or it'll be cloudy <laughs> or I'll be so uh, yeah to catch that one I was I was pretty grateful and pretty buzzing <laughs> so yeah and there, we, and there we go that's that's what it is it stands out for you and you know it made you it made your day, it made you smile. And it did, without a that's, doubt. That's what it's all about. So, brilliant job. Cheers, that, Andy. That was, uh, that was a nice little tale there, mate. Right. Michael, on to, uh, on to you next, buddy. Again, same question. What's your, uh, what's your favourite photo or your favourite uh, memory of a, a base meetup that we've done or you've done personally yourself? Mine, mine has to be River Fire in uh, Brisbane, Australia, where... They do a big fireworks show. It's um, I can't. I said, 
I'm a bit bad for saying this, but like I can't actually remember what it's for. It's something to do with Aboriginals, and it is there's a bit of a meaning behind it. But honestly, I can't actually remember the event. Reason I probably can't remember it is because they have a C-17 do a low fly past down the river, 250 feet. It is amazing to see. I mean, that was ah oh, like brilliant. And you know, it crosses over, comes back up, does another loop, like absolutely insane. And then I think it's like an hour later, an F-18 does a low fly bar, same thing, full afterburn up through. And that was honestly the best thing I've ever seen. And like for it to be planned and like, you know, it's going to be there and you've got to sit there with your camera waiting and everyone's on radar and you're basically watching this F-18 just in like a holding pattern. Everyone's waiting for it to start like dropping out at you. That was just like, you know, we saw it sitting at like, I can't remember where it would be at, probably about 20,000 feet. And then it's just like, just, Numbers started dropping, and we're like, all oh, right, it's coming in. And we see it right out of the back of the city. And we're waiting for another minute. And um, this F-18 came riffing down the river, like, uh, did a quick wing wave as well, which was like, uh, like oh, I was gobsmacked. I was absolutely blown away by it. Uh, only thing was, my camera's okay. It's not amazing. <laughs> so I've got a few cool photos, but the quality's like, probably not the best so as it then went past and came back to do another come up like five blast um i whacked video on and just filmed it come out of like and yeah man i was like it was going to drop my camera and just watch it because that was the coolest thing i think i've ever seen absolutely brilliant and then um yeah i'd, I'd fly to australia tomorrow to watch that again the only thing i do this time is i'd ask someone to go and like you know, like the 40th or 50th floor of a skyscraper and look down on it this time for a bit of a difference for perspective as such you know that was pretty cool so that was probably the highlight of my whole year in australia which is like i've done so much cool stuff so so many cool things same in new zealand like but seeing that like probably was a month before we left and that was yeah blew me away absolutely blew me away so yeah that'd you. probably be my highlight that's, yeah I, that's I, one I, place i'd love to go yeah, I think oh, I think it's, the, I think there's awesome. the ones like that. I think you know we, we've yeah. seen the, we've seen the pictures that you've put up in the group and on your Instagram and the videos and uh, videos and pictures that other people have put up and it is just a sight to behold. You, you never get that. I've got no. I've got I've got the one photo where it's on the banked over, but streamers coming off it and on the balcony of basically the planes flying along and in probably twenty stories up, it's a. Uh, the side of a skyscraper on the side of the skyscraper so it's banked over and you can see people standing on the balcony looking at it i mean it's not a great quality shot but holy hell i was like oh my god that's like brilliant you know like yeah so yeah loved it absolutely loved it so i would i recommend anyone fly to australia for one day that day <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd be an expensive one day ticket and again you know even though, like you, you've said, the camera wasn't brilliant and all of that, but you still got those images and videos, and you still got the memories, and that's that's what counts, I think, mate. That's um, totally, awesome. Right, last but certainly not least, Liam. Again, last, last yes. uh, question. So, uh, you know, your best base visit or meet or an air show or something that stands out and has hit you and um, you enjoyed it. So I've never been to an air show, unlike a lot of you. Only been in the hobby for two years. Um, obviously, this last year, we've had nothing. Um, the year before, I did go to East Kirkby, 
their um, August bank holiday, sort of their show. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, beautiful weather, etc. So that's on the list. But the top two, um, and I can't really decide which one's my favourite. So the first one happened in June um, last year, I think. Yes, it was during the two. It was during between the lockdowns, etc. Um, I've been to Connorsby in the afternoon. Um, met up with Ant. No, he was the other side of the base. I was um, opposite. And we'd both seen on radar, there was a Merlin heading north up the country. And it landed in front of the tower. And um, we managed to be no more than 30 foot away. Um, we got blasted with sand, which, you know, why not? Awesome. Um, then it dropped off a few people who we went into a tower, basically JTACs, and um, it lifted off and it went off up and down the range doing its live firing, etc. Uh, the time of day it was, it was around seven, eight o'clock in the summer. So sunset was setting in, beautiful light, perfect conditions. And we both got some of our pretty impressive shots from this year. Um, so that was the first one. And then the second one happened in September um, when me and a couple of mates who I had first met um, in the hobby decided to go to Lake Neath. Um, we'd, we'd actually decided to go um, back in April. We planned the trip in April. And we said, why not? Let's go September as long as COVID was going to um, allow us. Uh, so we went to Lake Neath um, for three days and we, um, the week before, um, we'd heard this exercise point blank was planned and the um, Americans were sending the F-16s over. Uh, obviously at the time, the F-35s were at Marlin from the Marine Corps. So we was thought, great, we're going to have a good three days. Um, Lake Neath one nights. So we was a bit worried at what sort of time they were going to start flying. Um, luckily for us, I started around 11 o'clock each day and went on until half 11 at night. It was pretty awesome. So they're probably my two sort of best base visits, trips, whatnot. Awesome. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I remember sitting at work on that day when you and Ant went to Don and Lurkin, I'm pretty sure Andrew joined me and Michael probably joined me. We all sat there just, yeah. yeah I think Mike, um, he was at Connorsby with Ant that day, but he decided not to travel up to Don and Oak. But yeah, it was awesome. As soon as we were seeing those pictures coming in off the back of the cameras, we were just still... Yeah, I think we did a few um, live videos to a group chat, which um, didn't go down well. Yeah, it made us even worse, didn't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, je the jealousy levels went from one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> Standard. So, for those for those who don't know, in Liam's um, in Liam's tale, there Donnernook is a live firing range that's accessible to the public, um, and there are some amazing shots that come out of there from everything, both RAF and and US that are from the UK that go there. So, to get there and yeah. get a Merlin doing live firing is uh, is pretty epic. 
yeah, the Ospreys are probably more frequent than anything, mm. along with the F-15s. Um, the Typhoons do use it, but they use Hull Beach more due to the different sort of things they can do. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd love to get out there and see that. I mean, that is going to be get a hammock, hang it in a tree, tree next to it, and just wait for like a week. <laughs> you know, a holiday in the hedge. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Right, Jeff. So, next question. What are you currently using at the moment, equipment wise? So, camera lenses and uh, SD cards and stuff like that if you want to throw it if you want to be into that so again we'll start with you Andrew what are you uh, what are you currently running um and pros and cons of what you're using and maybe you've got a dream setup that you wish for if money was no object yeah um so at the minute I've got the Nikon D5300 uh, and with that I've got the Tamron 18 to 400 millimeter lens if I'm being completely honest I got the camera purely because I wanted that lens. Um, so at the time before this, I was using the Sony Alpha 55, I think it was. Um, beautiful little camera. You know, it was a great little camera. It was my first DSLR. Um, but when I saw that lens had come out, it didn't fit that Sony mount. So I, I wanted it. I really wanted that 18 to 400. And it was affordable as well. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not cheap, but it's not a you know thousand pound lens. So I started doing a bit of research. Um, apparently, it was very accessible for uh, Nikon cameras and Canon cameras. So I don't want to start the big debate on which is better, because <laughs> uh, again, that we could Canon, be Canon, Canon, Canon. Um, but yeah, I opted for the Nikon D5300. Um, only because when I tried them both, I preferred, this is going to sound really weird, but I preferred how it felt. Now, I'm sure people can uh, relate to that because you can hold different cameras and some feel all right and some you don't really get on with. Um, so I opted for the Nikon, uh, got that lens. And to be honest with you, I absolutely love that thing. Obviously, with it being the hobby we're in, I'd love a 600mm lens. So money, no object, as you say, just I'd love a 600 mil, but that's when you start looking at, you know, a, a few pennies need to be saved up for something like that. Um, so I'm happy with it for now because because it's 18 to 400, I can just keep one lens on throughout an entire air show, you know, from static straight up to, you know, live uh, flying. It works on both. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, it's doing me well because like I say, I use it for landscapes. I've uh, shot a wedding or two. It's, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty adaptable to what I'm doing uh, at the time. Obviously, you change settings and sort flashes out, things like that. But um, yes, yeah, so that's what I'm using at the moment. Uh, I couldn't tell you about a dream setup as such. Um, but like I say, dream lens is a 600 mil plus. So um, yeah, that's me at the moment, mate. Yeah, also, mate, another another fellow Nikon user again. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go down that street. But no, <laughs> mate, at the end at the end of the day, it's you know whatever happened, you know, whatever you you're using it, and the That's fact it. that you've done your research and all of that is is good. Yeah. You've, um, 
and you know, what you, the setup you're using, like you said, is ideal for doing both stack at, at, at an air show and then stuff that's up in the air. So. Maybe. And also that's that's one thing I'd say to people who want to maybe either buy their first DSLR or um, are looking to get a new one. Try out a couple if you can, even if it's going to the shop once they open again and just holding them. That's sometimes all it takes. Just hold them and see how it feels, basically, because that's how I came to the decision on mine. You know, I'm sure cannons are great. I'm not going to sit here and slate them. Um, but the Nikon for me felt better. Um, so yeah, that that'd be my little bit of advice anyway. Yeah. Another no. one to add to Andrew there, you can also hire cameras. So if you've got your eye on one, there's plenty of hiring sort of companies out there. Um hire one for a couple of days, go to a base, try it out and see what you're happy with. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. I mean we 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 had that little experience when we met up at exit at that time for the two spitfires and you that's it. You what I'm trying to say is now without people getting all funny. Um, we were socially distanced and I held you off to my camera, which is a 150 to 600 mil lens. And yeah. the words that came out of my mouth were, geez, that's heavy. <laughs> so that's, that, what, what you say in there, that is, that's some good sound advice because what you don't want to do is go, yeah, I'll get a nice big 150 to 600 and then pick it up and end up dropping it on the floor because they, they, they can get a bit hefty especially when you go to the prime lenses as well that's when they get even heavier because they're a lot more bulkier but uh yeah no that's uh, some sound advice there mate so thank you for that uh mike your uh, your current setup again pros cons and uh, a dream setup if you if you have one cool uh my setup at the minute i've got a gopro hero 4 which i will use randomly if it comes to it um air shows and stuff so right the statics big wide shots on it as such um i do strap it to my camera every now and again i did um a couple of times to get videos so taking photos and you've got a sort of steady video on top you know um so my main camera is a nikon p900 and um it's quite a decent camera um but i'm no expert i'm no photographer i just basically had a cracking deal with buying it um stands me in about 150 pounds and i think brand new it's um about 600 <laughs> so uh i i had bought an absolute steal bought it basically in brand new condition and yeah just basically stuck with that um but that's a nikon and the other day i bought a canon so i'm sitting in the middle of you because <laughs> i really don't know what the difference is it takes a photo they look cool like <laughs> you know um <laughs> The Canon I bought is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no idea. The lens goes on, you click it, it takes a picture, looks cool. Um, so I bought secondhand a Nikon 1300D, I think it is, and with it I've got an 18 to 55 mil lens and a 100 to 300 mil lens. And I've only had this about a week now. And to be fair, I've shot. You know, just local wildlife more than anything. Haven't shot any aircraft yet, obviously. Um, and it seems fine. It seems absolutely fine. Um, for me, I mean, I'd love to go out and spend a couple of grand on like a camera lens and a big R setup, but I'm happy with just having something decent and basic. I throw it in my truck, throw it in my bag, it starts raining, I've just got a camera. Um, you know, it's it's that sort of thing. Um, but if I'd pay full price for it, I, I wouldn't be treating it like that. <laughs> I mean, um, 
the, the, the benefit, which I will say about the Nikon P900, is that it's got a 2000 millimeter equivalent zoom. So you hear everyone go, oh, it's a 300 mil. Mine goes from 18 to 300, 600 to blah, blah, blah. I mean, when I was buying cameras and stuff, I had no idea what that really meant. I was just like, my phone zooms in a lot. That's all I know. Uh, picked up this lens. Oh my God, they're on this camera rather. Um, turned up at Lake and Heath and you're like looking inside the cockpits and you're like, oh my God, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, so uh, always enjoyed it. I think it's a decent start of camera if you can like buy something that is a digital camera with a big zoom. If you're on a budget, that's an awesome way to start. You know, you don't have to go throwing mega bucks at stuff if you don't have the budget for it. If you do, definitely, you know, um, sort of fit your price range and try and stick to it. Because I think you can definitely burn through your wallet pretty quick with camera accessories, lenses, bodies, uh, world's your oyster as such. Um, definitely. So my, like I say, my ideal setup, or if I could have anything, I'd walk into a shop for 20 grand, spend it, and then I'd be like, walk into a shop the next week, another 10 grand, and oh, I'll have this lens as well. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't know where to stop. No idea. <laughs> I think in an ideal world, I'd buy a GoPro and ask the pilot if I could jump in the back seat and uh, yeah, get some footage like that. <laughs> we all wish. Yes, yes, we all wish that. Definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. Right, brilliant job. Cheers out, Mike. Uh, Liam, last, same question to you. Your... Yep. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, the only camera I've got is a Christmas present, um, and it's a Canon 4000D. Um, with the basic 75 to 300 lens. Um, I don't really have a dream set up as much as such, um, but my next sort of upgrade is likely to be a lens, and it's the one I hired out for the late Neva Marlon trip in September, which is the 100-400 Mark II Canon uh, lens, which was awesome. I got some of my, well, I got my best shots ever um with it um it's a bit heavy it's a bit big but it does the job um and then further down the line i'm likely to do a mirrorless and again i'll probably stick to canon because it's what i'm used to andrew's smiling <laughs> um and i'll probably probably it'll probably be between the r5 or r6 um as it's going to be a few years down the line and hopefully they'll be a bit cheaper than they are now. Um, and I've probably um, I've I've looked into it, and you can uh, with an adapter you can still use for one hundred to four hundred lens um, on a mirrorless. So I shall probably go down that route in a few years' time. Awesome. Well, it's it's nice to see you put yourself for a nice plan going forward ahead for upgrades and just and need that. to win the lottery. Or win or win a few football bets. Either <laughs> one would be nice. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. We could all do with an end of our opening. Right, chaps. So final question. Uh, nice quick fire question. What is that one shot that <laughs> makes you smile, you post to other people and they've gone, wow. It's you know the pinnacle of your your photography of your shot. So, Andrew, we'll go with you. The old spinneroony. I'm usually the one that asks that question. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> not been paying attention, is it? Um, right. So mine. Um, 
it's an edit more than anything. Um, anyone that knows me, follows my page or anything like that will already know which um, shot I'm on about. So essentially, it was an idea that just came to mind because I started messing around a lot with Photoshop and I started thinking of different ideas that I could do. Um, I'm not even sure where the idea came from. I started thinking of like a, a past and present RAF shot. I started looking at double exposures. I found the cleanest undershot of a Eurofighter Typhoon I could find. I found the cleanest underbelly shot of a Spitfire I could find. I put them both in black and white. I put one on top of the other. I lowered the um, opacity of both of them, but obviously one more than the other. Put a nice little gradient filter on it. And I just looked at this shot that I almost created, I guess, because it was two of my own photos and I'd merged them and done all of that. And I sort of looked at it and had a pretty special feeling about this shot. Um, and lo and behold, to be fair, um, not blow my own trumpet here, it's done pretty well. It was the first print I'd ever sold. And uh, last year for the 75th anniversary of uh, VE Day, the Typhoon display team social media got in contact with me because I, I did send them some pictures to be fair because they asked the public for some photos. And they messaged me and they said, can we use this picture for the VE Day anniversary? Now, I'm not being funny, but there was no way I was going to say no. <laughs> so nothing was set in stone. I hadn't, because they were like, yeah, we might do, you know, thanks for giving us permission. We'll see what happens. It just so happened that later that day, I went out for a walk and I, you know, locked down one exercise a day walk. All of a sudden, my phone started going a little bit mental. And it was you chaps, because you actually <laughs> saw that it had been posted before I did. Everyone was like, this shot looks so familiar. Lo and behold, they credited me. Um, and that shot was used by the Typhoon Display Team social media accounts for the 75th VE Day anniversary, which um, I'm just, you know, I was blown away, like, truly humbled by that as well. Um, but I had a special feeling about that shot. And it's still my favorite now. It's the one I've had printed for myself the most. I've even turned it into a canvas. I'm, a lot of people are going to hear that and go, you sad? No, but <laughs> it's true. I saw the shot and I'm really happy with it. So, and it's done well. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a no brainer for me, that one. And luckily because I've been asking everyone else, I thought of it myself as well. <laughs> so yeah, that's me, mate. Yeah, it's definitely not a trip up question for you. You've been asking this last <laughs> couple of podcasts. <laughs> That's it. But no, I, I do know the shot you're talking about, mate. Anna is an absolute stunner. And no, thank you, sir. When when we've seen it hit off like it did, and then yeah, like you said, the RF display, uh typhoon display team get a hold of it and use it as well. It was just at this world. And it's still again a lot of attention now and it is a fantastic edit. So thank you very much <laughs> uh, so mike again same question to you that one shot that defines the you um oh, yeah i've got i've got a lot of photos with a lot of variations but i've i love everything of it you know they're not the best you know you wouldn't get it published or put it on a canvas or any of them i don't think you know they're just sort of all you know in the moment, love it sort of thing. But my top shot would be obviously the F-18 ripping through Brisbane. And I'd say the video of it rather than any photos. The photos have got a cool, you can see what's going on, but they're not like 
print worthy as such. So the video I got of it coming through, I show that to everyone. I love it. I'd, I'd like, yeah, I'd, if I could have that in 4K, like, you know, watching it every day, I would. I'd, I'd wake up and watch that video. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely my my highlight for photos and stuff like that, which is a video. So, yeah, to be fair, I can't put it on canvas. Can I? You can't really put videos on canvas, so I guess I'm stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, awesome, mate. Um, you know, we we all we're all now very jealous of you being in Australia. Fire. Yeah, I think if I did go back, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah do the thing where you rent a camera to get the better shot of it. But that for me, yeah, definitely that video. Awesome, awesome. And finally, Liam, your good self, sir. Yes, your defining um... shot. I can't really think of one for certain, but I'd say, I, I keep going back to it, it's probably one, to be fair, it's one I've sold the most. Again, unlike Andrew, not gloating. Um, it's of, when I was at Marwan, um, I got I got both the UK badged F35 and the US one with their hoods up. Um, and I've managed to crop in not too much because I was pretty underneath them on the flight path. And basically it's the nose, the cockpit, the hood, and the air vent just behind the hood, or toilet seat, well known. Um, and I've done a few edits, again, like a few others, and that's probably one of them. Along with the Merlin, I've got some nice shots to that. And the thousand and thousands and thousands of typhoons I've got. <laughs> All right, don't rub it in. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm not surprised you've got typhoon shots, mate. You live right underneath Cunningsby, so I'd be disappointed <laughs> if you didn't have typhoon shots. Um, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> um, so, so like the um, historic sort of value to the BBMF, the amount of um, shots I've got of them built up there, just is what they sort of value. Yeah, that good shots, mate. I'd, I'd love to get something like that. I just haven't ever had the chance to get out there and get something decent. You you, you live next to Lake Eve, mate. I don't. I'm an hour and a half from Lake Eve. Close enough. I'm, yeah. Closer than Andrew <laughs> and Ben. Hey, everyone's yeah, closer true. than me. Yeah, this is. <laughs> <clears throat> well, guys, that is just right. Gets us back to base after our second outing. Uh, we'll probably go around the group and get your social media accounts. So, um, Andrew, if you could give us your social media, so on all the platforms you're on. Yeah. Um, so at the minute, aviation photography wise, it is just uh, Instagram and Facebook, um, and it's uh, Afterburner Aviation, all one word, no afterscores or anything, just Afterburner Aviation, um, and that's me on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome job. Thank you very much. And uh, Mike, same to you, mate. Yo, uh, mine is Smike Buckley uh, on Instagram and Facebook, but there's not a lot you want to see on Facebook, so just keep it to Instagram, I guess. And that uh, is uh, S-M-I-K-E-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. Awesome job, thank you, mate. And finally, Liam, your uh, your Instagram, Facebook, and social media. Yeah, so it's mainly for my photography. It's mainly Instagram and TikTok, and they are both um, L dot c dot r space photography awesome and that's job. pretty much it 
So I think you're one of two, one of two or three of us that are on the uh, on TikTok. For, for yeah, it's not too bad. You get, a, you get. It's like um, Instagram and the wheels hit or miss. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, for aviation, is it TikTok? No, <laughs> it's, it's, you'll be surprised the amount of aviation stuff there is on it. Awesome job. No. Well, yeah. Once again, thank you for everyone that has joined us on this second episode of the Avgeeks podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, please do drop us a DM on Instagram or join the Facebook page if you want to give us any feedback. Now, as Andrew said in the beginning, this is the last um, Avgeeks introductions. Our next episode will feature a guest. I'm not going to say who. We want to keep you on the suspension list. Yes, the next, the next podcast will feature a guest of aviation photography. So if you have any questions, please do DM us to the Instagram page. And uh, I'm sure we won't be able to throw them to the guest. Um, and lastly, if there's any topics you want us to cover us in the future, then please do get in touch and DM us. Uh, so that is me. Stay safe out there and we will see you at the fence. Catch you later, guys.